0: Isn't it just amazing to be in the presence of the Lord? You know, we don't need to be able to gather physically to be able to worship together and to be together in spirit. And so I love that. And, you know, now with with us entering into this new season of the month of May, we know that, you know, there's a lot of differences uh, with regards to our lockdown situation. But one thing that will probably remain for this month is that we will still continue to do online services And so, you know, that's really not probably what a lot of us have been praying for. But we trust that God is in this and that God will have us. And so we will continuously for the month of May still be doing our services here online. Um, But we want you to know, Johannes and I both want you to know that we are still here. Um, You know, our WhatsApp number is always available. Um, You know, you can come and see us. Uh, We can pray for you. We can have... Um, you know, meetings with 10 people or less. And so we still want to be able to pray with you, still want to be able to speak into your life, to hear how you are doing, to hear how you are coping in this season. Um, So we want to encourage you with that. But so this morning, I'm really excited about the word that I feel like God has put in my spirit for this morning. And um, I feel like it's something that he's continually been chatting to me about um, and speaking into my own life, um, lessons that I feel that I've been learning during lockdown and um, I just I just know that we are all mindful of this shift again as we have gone from end of March to April, which was really tough and strange and confusing for a lot of us um, in different ways as we head into May. Um, yes, there's slight relief. A lot of us can go back to work. Uh, we can go buy winter clothing. Um, but, you know, schools are still closed. And I know there's many of our parents who are just feeling overwhelmed at the idea of how do I go back to work and still do e-learning and so you know people with businesses you might be wondering well how am I going to make up for all the loss that I incurred during the month of April and so I'm just very conscious that we are still in this place we we haven't gone back to normal we're still in this place where we're like okay lord we need a miracle Um, we need your wisdom, we need your guidance in this season. And so I believe this word this morning will speak to some of those elements um, that I really believe that God, through His word, wants to encourage us this morning, wants to remind us of His kingdom, wants to remind us that we are part of a heavenly kingdom and we we don't just live in this natural world. We have access to heaven through Jesus Christ. And so... You know, we've heard many prophetic voices in this season speak of how God is using this lockdown, this global crisis and pandemic to activate a divine reset among His bride, among the Christians, among His children. A divine reset. I think all of us have heard that word. Um, You know, I felt in the beginning of lockdown, I think I shared a short message um, on our YouTube channel about a new perspective. Um, And I was reading through the book of John and John 15 where Jesus speaks about pruning. You know, sometimes there will be seasons where God takes us through pruning. In other words, where he removes things and cuts away things that will not be able to go with us into a new season. You know, branches in our lives that are not necessarily bearing fruit, bearing healthy fruit for his kingdom. So in order for us to grow to new heights, to grow into new places. He will cut away certain things. He will prune things and it will feel like it's hurting, but actually it's to produce new growth. It's not to take us back, but it is to take us forward into his kingdom. And so the word this morning is really tying onto that. It's tying onto this idea of a divine reset. When everything is stopped, um, you know, when everything comes to a halt, We're in a crisis situation where, you know, I believe a crisis is really a good thing to reveal. A crisis reveals what is good and it also reveals what is bad in our lives. And um, I felt the Lord speak to me just about this specific phrase um, that builds on all of this. Um, and I was reading through Matthew 11 verse 28 to 30 um, in the last two weeks and this phrase hasn't left me. Some mornings when I wake up I I just hear it in my heart all the time. Um, and it's called Rhythms of Grace. Rhythms of Grace. And I'm going to expand on just what I believe God is speaking to us about that. and. Um, there's a phrase that I also um, made up and, and, I, and I believe this really speaks to this message that I feel like the Lord is using this lockdown to get us all out of the rat race, get out of the rat race and into a rhythm of grace. This is a time where we need to get out of the rat race, out of this you know, chaotic lifestyles that we've been living, even in ministry. We can be so busy with all sorts of programs and you know things that we forget about his rhythms of grace. And I'm going to explain what that means. But why don't you read with me this morning in Matthew 11, verse 28 to 30. And I'm going to read through uh, two translations. Why do I do that? Uh, Well, I'm a scholar of the word, and so I love mixing up different translations, because you know, every translation works from a different place. And I believe Especially in the Amplified Translation, you can often see the Greek or the Hebrew words explained in brackets, which often gives you just a deeper and a richer meaning into the context of the words that were used. Because how many know that, you know, we can sometimes read Scripture and interpret something completely different than what was actually intended by the author? And so I want to read first from the Message Translation. Matthew 11 verse 28 to 30. And it says the following, are you tired? These are Jesus's words. And I believe this is going to speak to all of us this morning. Are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Then come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I will show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me and watch how I do it. This is Jesus learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn how to live freely and lightly. And that's where that phrase came from. I was reading through the message. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. That's what we are going to be focusing on this morning. But why don't we just read through the Amplified Classic Edition as well. Um, This is This is my Joyce Meyer Bible that I often read from as well because I love how how the Amplified just sometimes breaks open scripture for us. In the Amplified, it says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden and overburdened, and I will cause you to rest. I will ease and relieve and refresh your souls. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle, meek, and humble, lowly in heart, and you will find rest, relief, ease, refreshment, recreation, and blessed quiet for your souls. For my yoke is wholesome, useful, and good, not harsh, hard, sharp, or pressing, but comfortable, gracious, and pleasant. And my burden is light and easy to be borne. I believe God is taking us into this season while we're already in it, but I believe that he's trying to teach us in this time about a new rhythm of grace, learning his rhythm of grace in our everyday life. And so I pray that it's okay with you if we go really practical today. I mean, sometimes we, you know, we just need to get down to the nitty and gritty of, okay, how do I apply this in my life? Now, I love doing a couple of definitions, just so it's such a teacher thing, but just so we are on the same page. The definition of rhythm is a strong, regular, repeated pattern of movement or sound. A regular pattern of change. You know, we find rhythms in seasons. You know, it's always, then it's um, winter, then it is spring, then it is summer, then it is autumn, and then it continues again. There's a natural rhythm in seasons. There's a natural rhythm in our breathing, when we are sleeping. We call those the biological rhythms of humanity. Then we've got a measured flow, a fluctuation. I want you to think about the ocean. Um, Oh gosh, I miss the ocean. When you just sit next to the beach and you, you get quiet and you listen to the waves crashing on the rocks, you'll find that there's a rhythm of the ocean back and forth, back and forth. And I believe that's what Jesus is talking about. There's a rhythm in His kingdom. There's a rhythm of working with Him and watching Him do it, and then we do it. Watching Him, working with Him, see how He does it, and then we do it. There's this back and forth rhythm that Jesus is wanting to lead us into in our everyday life. And um, the word grace... The word grace speaks about God's unmerited favor towards us. You know, it's by God's grace that we are saved um, into righteousness. It's by his grace, his unmerited favor, that Jesus went to die on a cross for us so that we don't have to be punished for our sins, so that we can get you know, entrance into our eternal life with him forever. But grace is also God's enabling power to do what he has called us to do. And I believe that's the grace that we are going to be zoning in today. You might be wondering, Lord, I don't know how I'm actually going to get through the second phase of lockdown, the second phase of this this crisis that we're finding ourselves in, not just in Wintuk and Namibia, but all across the world. Um, How do I work and make sure my child receives the proper education? How do I balance my family with finances being all out of control and I'm trying to recoup my business um, because maybe you're not an essential services business and your business is maybe not even allowed to open during May. You know, we've all got these different questions, but God wants to pour out his, his supernatural grace into our lives, that enabling power to be able to lead us, to be able to give us the grace and the strength that we need in this season. He's not going to leave us hanging. Church. I, I feel like someone needs to hear this today. God's not going to leave you without the power and without the grace to do what you need to do in this next season. Please don't lose hope. Please don't feel like you, are, you constantly have to be overwhelmed. There is an answer and His name is Jesus. Amen. And it's not just, you know, theology that we are swinging forth here on the internet. This is something that God wants to practically enable in your everyday life, amen? Okay, so that's the grace that he's talking about. He's gonna empower us. And then when we talk about a reset, when we talk about a divine reset, you know, Johannes was resetting my computer this week. Uh, We exchanged internet and so we thought let's just, mine was a little bit slow. And so he um, cleared all the cookies and cleared all the things in there. I don't know anything about technology so I gladly give that over to him. Um, but what happens when we reboot a computer when we restart because that's the definition of reset listen to this To reset means to restore to set again to adjust to fix to reboot to reestablish. Okay, this is awesome to uproot and to reinstate and so you know that when you reboot a computer or you reboot your phone Or you restart it it has to remove all All the cookies and all the junk that has gathered up all those files that have gathered up you have to clear that you have to clean that and then you restart from scratch now I believe that if we look at this with spiritual eyes in this season and you'll know I've heard from a lot of people during the month of April that they found this to be true in their lives God is resetting relationships God is resetting and reestablishing priorities God is resetting, rebooting, reestablishing the way we do church, the way we do ministry, what we prioritize, what we focus on, our natural rhythms of everyday life. He's rebooting and resetting all of those things. And I believe that if we want to be ready for what God is going to be doing in this next season as we walk out this lockdown together, I really believe as many other people are also saying prophetic voices all around the world Things are not going to be the way that we knew them to be. The world may look completely different, but this is going to be good for us as the children of God. Because God, is, God doesn't just prune without leading us to new growth. He doesn't just reset without taking us to a new place. But we need to open ourselves up to the Lord's resetting. Amen. We need to be able to surrender ourselves to His process. And I pray that as a church, we'll be awake in this season, and we'll see with spiritual eyes, and we'll hear with spiritual ears for what God is wanting to do, what the Spirit is telling you, and your family, and your business, and our church in this season. Amen? I'm so excited about this. I believe God has given us, you know, we've spoken about before, um, the appointed time, we spoke about a Kairos time. You can look at that on our YouTube channel, or actually, I think it's a podcast, There's a Kairos time, which means that it's a divine God appointment time, a window of opportunity where God's grace, His enabling power is there to make the changes that needs to be made. So I pray that we will be awake during the season, that we will be awake during this window to allow the Lord to reset everything in our lives that wasn't bearing kingdom fruit, that wasn't flowing in His kingdom rhythm of grace. So if you are sitting there and you're feeling this morning, man, there are so many areas in my life where I am tired, as this scripture in Matthew speaks about. I am worn out. I'm exhausted. I'm burnt out by everything that I'm trying to do in my own strength. Then I want to encourage you, my brother, my sister, allow Jesus to come in in this season. And I'm not saying, um, you know, just read your Bible. I'm saying allow Him Really, to take the wheel in your life. Allow Him to lead you by His Spirit. Start taking Scripture and acting upon it. This is what we are going to be talking today. Oftentimes, we try and do things in our own strength. And I believe that this season is revealing that our own strength is never going to be good enough. It's always going to leave us frustrated. Our own fleshly works, what we think works, our own opinions, our own fleshly um, ambition is always going to leave us frustrated, is always going to leave us tired, it's going to leave us burnt out. And that's not God's heart for us. So if that's you this morning, take a deep breath and let's just inhale what the Holy Spirit wants to do this morning. Um, There's a phrase that physical obedience brings spiritual release. We often talk about it when we talk about the principle, the spiritual principle of fasting. Sometimes things that we do in the natural, brings a spiritual release. And so we're gonna be talking about three specific areas this morning, just because I can't go on all day, even though I would love to. (laughs) Some people are like, amen, just let us stop talking after 20 minutes. Okay, but there's three specific areas. I'm gonna get really practical this morning. Three specific areas that I believe God is gonna use this season to reset into his rhythm of grace. Number one is this, if you're taking notes, I believe God is going to reset our relationships, okay, our relationships. Now, the first one that I believe is really important, if you want to label this 1.1, is our relationship with Jesus Christ, Owens, oh, this is where it starts. Everything starts and flows from our relationship and our intimacy with Jesus Christ, you know, Jesus said in John 15 where we spoke about the pruning, he starts off by saying, I am the branches and my father is the vine. And, Or he's the vine and we are the branches. Everything flows from that intimacy with him. It all starts with the relationship with Jesus Christ. If, if we talk about God's order for relationships, this is number one. There is no other relationship in this world for us as humanity, that is, that is more important than your relationship with Jesus Christ. Okay, that is God's order. And if you are sitting here and you're listening to this message this morning and you realize that, actually, you have never had a relationship with Jesus. You've heard of Him. Um, you know, you see everyone's, you know, your mom or your grandmother's posts on Facebook, um, telling people that they must come back to Jesus. And you've never experienced that peace in your heart that everyone says is available through Jesus. You've never experienced any of this of what we are talking about today. And this season has you in a place where you are just fearful and um, you just don't know how you're gonna make and see it through in this season. Then I wanna encourage you, surrender your life to Jesus Christ. There is no other way that we will be guaranteed forgiveness of our sins. There is no other way that we will be guaranteed the gift of eternal life. Do you know where you are going when you die today? That is a question that we need to be asking. If you have never given your life to Jesus Christ, then I want to encourage you, don't wait. And don't wait until you feel like it. Just make a decision. Just decide. Jesus, I've got nothing to lose. I've got no other answers. This is the last hope that I have. Then I want to encourage you. We've got a um, team and Johannes and I are also here. We want to pray with you. Romans 10 verse 9 said, if we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, then we will be saved. Okay, so I want to encourage you, just give your heart to the Lord, surrender your life to Him, taste Him. Okay, just see if what He brings into your life will not change your life, because I can guarantee you, my life has never been the same since I made that decision. Amen. And so we want to give you that opportunity. But if you are sitting here and you are a believer, you are a son and a daughter of the Most High, and you've got a relationship with Jesus Christ, but maybe you're in a place and you know that your relationship with the Lord is not what it should be. Maybe you're in a place where we, you never hear His voice, um, you've never experienced the presence of the Holy Spirit. Um, that place of intimacy that people always talk about, that you know, you read in scripture. You just don't have that, you just don't experience that. Then I wanna encourage you, use this season to get closer to him. Use this season to put in spiritual rhythms and spiritual practices that will help you to get closer to Jesus. There will never probably be another time like this where everything is standing still, even if you are going back to work, even if you are still homeschooling your children. Use this time when you are at home Use this time, build in spiritual principles. Decide, okay Lord, I'm going to make you a priority in this season and there's many different ways that we can do that. but use this time to get closer to him. Amen. And um, I want to ask you this morning, where does Jesus fit into your schedule at the moment? Where does he fit into your schedule? Who is doing the leading in your relationship with Jesus Christ? I don't know about you, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm a leader naturally. I tend to, if I see a situation or a project, I automatically jump and I take lead if no one else is taking the lead. It's in my personality, it's in my DNA, and I know there's many of us like that. And I've realized sometimes where the Holy Spirit has prompted me and corrected me where I felt like I was trying to take the lead in my relationship with the Lord. It's like I was trying to tell Him what to do instead of, Him being the driver and I'm in the passenger seat and so even in this season God has revealed to me hey remember who's the one leading is it me or is it you because if I am the one doing the leading then this (laughs) this is a bad situation okay I, I am not God I am not the one who's omnipotent who's omnipresent who knows the future who knows the past who knows the present God can see beyond. He knows what is going to be happening in the future, okay? When we put our trust in Him and we allow Him to do the leading, He can take us to places that we never thought we will go, okay? And this is what He says in that scripture. He says, come to me and go away with me. Walk with me and watch me do it. Now, how do we actually do that if our relationship with Christ is not first? It's not our first priority, in our schedule. Do you have a spiritual rhythm? What is a spiritual rhythm? What does your everyday look like? And again, when we talk through some of these practical things, this is not to put any religious um, habitual thing on you. This might look different for all of us. It doesn't matter how many hours you spend in prayer, you know, whether you do the morning or the evening, um, whether you read scripture, whether you read a plan, whether you pray, whether you worship, you know, those semantics, that's up to you and Jesus. That's up to you and the Holy Spirit. You know, a newborn mom doesn't have five hours to sit and read the Bible and do Bible devotions. She might have to listen to a podcast while she's nursing her baby. Um, You know, a dad who's out there working, maybe spending a few minutes in prayer, um, on his drive to work, or he gets up early before the rest of the family because God calls the men in our world, our husbands, our fathers, to hear from Him and to lead our family spiritually. So whatever that spiritual rhythm looks like for you, that's between you and the Lord. But what is important is that we get back to that place, that we reset. If you feel like you've you've started to neglect, you know, life just got away with us, priorities, um, burdens. Uh, finance, whatever it's, it got away with us, and now God is calling us back. He's resetting. Do you have dedicated time daily for the Lord? We need daily time in His presence. Um, for myself and for Johannes, we've set daily, weekly, and annual rhythms for ourselves. Do we always get it right? No. Are we going to be condemned if we don't get it right? Does God have grace with us? Yes okay? But daily for Johannes and I, we prefer spending time with the Lord in the mornings because for our roles, for what God is calling us to do, to lead people spiritually, we can't lead people where we've never been, okay? It might be the same for you when you're leading a business, when you're leading your family, when you're homeschooling your children. We need God's input. We need His wisdom. We need His presence. We need His voice every morning, amen, amen, For some people, you might like to do your quiet time at night because when the children are put to bed, your house is quiet. That's cool, whatever works for you, just as long as you spend daily time in His presence. We have weekly time, we believe in a weekly Sabbath. You know, the Bible speaks about a spiritual Sabbath, but I actually believe in a seventh day of rest. I just believe it's a biblical command. I believe that it helps your system to reboot, it helps your brain to shut down, relax, get into a place, because when we struggle to hear God's voice, it's often because our minds are racing, and we're constantly busy, and we're overstimulated, and there's noise everywhere. So I find that I need weekly time, whatever that looks like for you. Maybe it's a Sunday afternoon, maybe it's a Saturday morning. For us, Sundays are still a work day for us, Um, so we we try and take Mondays off. Um, You know, even if it's just the two of us reading or praying together, or we take a walk in nature, or we exercise, whatever that is that we we just take that time to focus on spending quality time with the Lord. This is our first priority. I want to ask you, how much time do you give to silence? Psalm 65 verse 1 says that to the Lord belongs silence. Uh, Psalm 46, verse 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. There is a secret power in stillness, in being quiet. It might be hard for you in a home full of children to be quiet, but maybe when you have a husband or you are a team raising your kids, give each other the space. Why don't you tell your wife, Hey, why don't you take two hours with the Lord? Go and sit in the garden, I'll keep the kids busy, and vice versa with your husband. Give each other turns. Maybe you live alone and you just have quiet. You know, embrace that. There is power in silence. That's when we hear Him. That's when we give Him time to speak into our lives. Amen. Okay, so that stillness, there is a power in the stillness. How much time do we dedicate every day or every week or every month just to be still with the Lord? To be in his presence. You know, when we read through the Gospels, we saw Jesus, when he was here on his time on earth, during his three-year ministry, everything he did flowed from that place, that rhythm of intimacy and prayer with the Father. The Bible often says that Jesus withdrew. The crowds came, there were people there, there were people needing him. And this is a thing that I think we struggle with a lot. We always feel like people are needing us or we need to do this, or we have to be there, or we always have to be available for others. And Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. This is where we often get overburdened. This is where we believe a lie that we need to always be available. There is a time, I believe, and I believe God is going to reset this into a rhythm of grace for us, where you need to put your phone on airplane mode. Okay. I'm not just saying on silent because sometimes we put our phone on silent and you can still hear it vibrating, which means it still gets your attention. I've got a friend who they've said to me that their phones have become such a distraction to them in their house and in their family time that after a certain time of the day, say six o'clock, they put their phones all in a container in the living room. And they don't go near their phones or touch their phones until 8.30 or 9 p.m. So it gives them that window. That's, this is just what works for them as a family. So that they have precious family time in that time. And the same can be with us, um, you know, in our quiet time. We need to be completely alone with the Lord. Okay, where is your regular place of stillness? It's a physical obedience, a physical habit, a physical rhythm You know, it's like when you go to the gym. Don't think you're going to always feel like it. Okay, some mornings you are going to wake up and you're never going to always feel like it. But like Joyce Meyer says, we need to stop listening to our feelings and we need to just do what we need to do. Amen? Okay, so you're not going to always feel like many of these things. You're not going to always feel like it. But it's a rhythm, it's a habit that we put into place so that we can get to a place where you know, it can become a natural rhythm in our life. We need to withdraw to the silent place, to the quiet place. Amen. The second, we're still on the point number one of relationships, okay? So we just spoke about your most important relationship, which is with Jesus Christ. Everything, everything, everything flows from that place. If God is not number one in our lives, then nothing else will find its proper place. Okay, and we will always feel tired, worn out, exhausted from religion and not refreshed from that union and intimacy with Jesus Christ. The second relationship that I want to highlight this morning, and again really practical, is if you are married, your spouse is number two. I don't care whatever the world teaches, what you learn from Hollywood movies or from Netflix, that is not the truth. The Word of God says that our spouse is the next A most important person and most important relationship. So if you are married, that means we look at Ephesians 5, where um, the Apostle Paul lays out God's order in our relationships. Now, oftentimes when you read this, you know, husbands think one thing, wives think another thing. But I want you to listen to this this morning again with fresh ears and hear what the Spirit of God is saying this morning. We're going to go to Ephesians 5. Verse 21, okay, it says, be subject to one another out of reverence for Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. So the first point I wanna make here, it's a mutual submission, okay? Verse 22, wives, be subject, be submissive and adapt yourselves to your husbands as a service to the Lord. Verse 23, and for the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church himself, the savior of his body. As the church is subject to Christ, so let wives be subject in everything to their husbands. Okay, but husbands, you've got to listen to this. Verse 25. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. This is your responsibility. So that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water by the word, that he might present the church to himself in glorious splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such things that she might be holy and faultless. Even so, husbands should love their wives as being in a sense their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Verse 29, for no man ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and carefully protects and cherishes it as Christ does the church. Okay, so this is saying that there is a mutual submission, there is a godly order, a godly rhythm of grace in our marriage relationship. Husbands, you are called to lead the family. God calls you the head, the king and the priest and the prophet of the home. Okay, so that means God gives instruction to you and you are supposed to lead your family and hear God's voice for your family. Amen. Wives, this means that we need to be submissive and let our husbands lead. Give them the opportunity to have the space to lead and to do what they believe that God calls them to do. Now, it's all beautiful in theory and it sounds very easy, but we know that the reality is not always as easy. Amen. You know, how did Christ love the church? For the men, you know, for the husband, it says that he laid his life down. Husband, you can ask the Lord, Lord, what does it mean to lay my life down for my wife and for my children and for my family? What does that mean, Lord? What does that look like for me? What do you need me to change in this season? What do you want to prune in my role as husband and father? And what do you, where do you want me to grow in? You know, all Jesus is asking for is an open and teachable heart. There is no condemnation here, okay? You don't, you don't need to be anything that God has not called you to be, but he's wanting you to be open for his leadership in your role as husband and father. That means you get to honor and respect and love and cherish your wife. You know, learn her love language. There's a beautiful, we can send a link. There's a beautiful teaching on love languages. Does your wife love it when you help her in the home? Does that make her feel loved? And every wife is different. Johannes thinks I have all five love languages, so he's got a tall order. But, you know, what does that mean for your wife? Does she love flowers? You know, oftentimes you can think your wife's love language is something, and you keep doing that, but actually that never fills her emotional love tank. That takes conversation. That takes time to figure out in your relationship. When does she feel loved and safe and cherished? Okay, study her, wash her with the water of the word. What does that mean? That means taking scripture, you know, and speaking life over her, whether in your own private time, prayer time, you know, just declare scripture over her, you know, um, or tell her, hey, you are so beautiful. You are an incredible mom. You are an incredible wife. If you see that she's struggling emotionally, find out from the Lord, Lord, how can I encourage my wife today from your word? Those are the kind of things that I believe it means to lay down your life. It means to put her needs before your own needs. Amen. Pray for her, be gentle with her, help her around the house. And wives, God calls us to be submissive, but what does this mean? This doesn't mean we need to lie down and all be abused. Okay. It means that we need to honor our men. We need to be their biggest cheerleaders. We need to esteem them. Men want respect. We need to be their biggest cheerleaders, even if they make mistakes. Don't condemn them for it. Don't keep their mistakes in front of them all day long. A man is, yes, God made them to be very strong and, um, you know, physically they are stronger than us, but I believe on the inside, their emotions, their hearts, God has given to us to treasure, to protect, to cover you know, in prayer and also with our words and also with our actions. And that's something that God really spoke to me about when we first got married. Uh, We've only been married for three years now, so I know there's a lot of you that can teach us a lot about marriage. But what God has showed me is that I need to be his biggest cheerleader. It doesn't matter what he does wrong. It doesn't matter where he's struggling. I need to continuously speak life and show him that I believe in him. That is my role as wife. And God also speak to me for my role as a wife to be the lead intercessor in my husband's life. What does that mean? That means I pray for him every single day. If I know that there's big decisions weighing on his heart, um, big things that he needs to be accomplishing that he's doing, or maybe I see he's struggling in some area, don't try and force him into a direction. Rather pray. You know, God can do so much more than we can do with our words. God can move his hand. The Bible says the hands of kings, and I believe that's also the heart of our husband, is in the hand of the Lord. So trust God with your husband. Pray for him more than ever before. Amen. I really believe that, um, you know, our marriage relationships, everything in our family, our children's health, our children's direction, it all flows from a healthy marriage relationship. You know, and then the Bible goes off. Thirdly, it talks about our offspring. Okay, so children, in God's order, it's Jesus first, then it's our spouse if you're married, and then if you have children, then only comes your children. I really believe God wants to reset that order, that children doesn't come before your spouse. Okay, oftentimes we find that, you know, people who who have children, sometimes children become everything, and the marriage then gets lost. But that's not God's order. Okay, in Ephesians 6, verse 1 to 4, it says the following, it's it's speaking about children and about that order of relationship, and it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord as his representatives. This is just and right. Honor, esteem, and value as precious your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. That all may be well with you, and that you may live long on the earth. And verse 4: Fathers, do not irritate and provoke your children to anger. Do not exasperate them to resentment but rear them tenderly, it says, in the training and discipline and the counsel and admonition of the Lord. Okay, so God is saying here that um, first comes our spouse and then comes our children. And I believe in our parenting. God wants to give you supernatural wisdom in this season. Now they're all at home. If you've got more than one child, I don't know how you all are doing it. Okay, you need computers, tablets, phones, some schoolwork is on WhatsApp, some is on, on the internet, on the computer. Okay, God's going to give you supernatural wisdom in this season. But I believe as, as married couples, as parents, you know, and even our single parents, I want to give you an encouragement, especially from the Lord this morning. You have an opportunity now to reset, even in your parenting. To I hear from so many parents who are saying that Man, we get such quality time now with our children. We have deeper conversations with our children. We, we can hear what's on their hearts. We can see their personalities in a way that maybe we haven't because you know, they're, they're at school all day or they're with the hockey coach or um, you know, the rugby coach, and we only get to see them at night after work and weekends. So you get to, get to learn your children, their personalities in a new way. This is a season where we can also incorporate prayer and spiritual disciplines for our children. You know, sometimes we are so um, stressed out about, oh, they're gonna take, you know, prayer and, and religion out of the schools. Well, school's now at home, so now you have an opportunity to, before the maths class or the English class, especially if you feel like you need it, let your children pray. Before you start your school day, teach them new spiritual rhythms. Let them pray for the maths class. Lord, give me understanding. Help me to understand my maths. Help me to understand. And then you also pray for yourself. Lord, help me to teach. If you've forgotten how to actually do all of that work again. So I believe God wants to bring that order back. Okay, your spouse comes before your children. Amen. And then comes our parents, as the scripture also says. Honor your parents. Love them. But it's very important that we follow that godly order. Okay, if your mother and father is more important than your spouse, that is not God's order. It doesn't mean we, you know, the Bible does say, husband, leave your mother and father and cling to your wife. And that also gives us, that's in Genesis, that gives us that order. Okay, it's first your spouse. When we always teach people, when we do a marriage preparation course, that Because we know that this can become a challenge in our lives. You know, sometimes we need to um, uh, implement new rhythms of boundaries, okay? Maybe you've learned that in the lockdown, actually, it's so great sometimes to just be us and the children, okay? Sometimes we need healthy boundaries in our lives, okay? Whatever that looks like, and you'll know the Lord will lead you in your family. What does that look like? But that is God's order. And when we flow in God's order, there is blessing, There is blessing and God can then bless that. Amen. So I've said wives, I shared with our sisterhood women's community that I really believe in this season. Our husbands are carrying a very heavy load. Okay, they're carrying the load of how do we provide for our family in this season. They carry an emotional load. Lord, how do I do this? How do I make my wife feel safe? How do I make my children feel like, you know, God is our provider? We we have been... We have been given a window of opportunity to really pray for them in a new way, to really make sure that our relationships flow in that strength and in that way. And, um, you know, I really believe in this season also when it comes to our marriage and our family relationships. You know, God showed me when Johannes and I just got married as well that. Two ears. We actually had a prophetic word from one of our our spiritual leaders in, in South Africa. And he said to us, God shows him two ears. There will be times where Johannes hears and there will be times that I hear. And so I want to encourage you when you make decisions as a married couple, make them together. Husbands, please don't ignore your wife's counsel. Okay, sometimes God shows her through discernment something that you maybe don't perceive or you don't see. And it's like the Lord said to me, sometimes I will hear and sometimes Johannes will hear. We see in part, but when we are united as one, we can encourage one another and we can make decisions together. So please consult each other, give each other room to speak and make those decisions together because there is a blessing when we are in unity. It doesn't mean we will always agree, but it means that we, at some point we submit to that final decision. Amen. And for our single parents, I want to honor you in this season more than ever before. And I want to say to you, don't be worried. Don't be worried that maybe, you know, for whatever reason you're finding yourself as a single parent in this season. Maybe you feel like your children are missing out on one parent or maybe a male role or a female role in their life. But I want to encourage you. God is not surprised by that. He will fulfill everything that your child needs. If your child is lacking a mother figure, then God will be the mother. You know, if if he or she is lacking a father figure, then God will come in and be that father to them. God is our father, amen. So you can just trust and relinquish that control, give it back to the Lord and say, Lord, I give you my children. And I believe that God really wants to release a special grace on you as a single parent in this season where your workload may be double in this season now with children being at home, but God's got your back. And if you have a single parent in your community or in your um, close circle of friends or in your family, be an encouragement to them. Bless them with food or bless them with whatever help you can give them. Um, and let's really stick together in this season as well. So that is that is God's order for relationships. And I know when we talk about that, there's a little disclaimer that it's not always that easy. And I believe lockdown you know, in this crisis time, this may have exposed a lot of problems, a lot of cracks, maybe in our relationships, in our marriages, things that maybe we have actually just put to the side because it's too hard to deal with that area of pain or that area of challenge that maybe you've experienced in your marriage, um, in your parenting relationship, uh, with another member of your family. It may have been hard, but it's easy to deal with it when life goes on as normal and we're almost too busy to pay attention to it, but maybe in this lockdown time, God has shown you different things in order for you to get into his rhythm of grace. Maybe there's some healing and restoration that he wants to do. Maybe he wants to reboot and restart, but before he can do that, there's some things that need to be healed. There's some things that maybe needs confrontation, healthy confrontation. Maybe it needs discussion. Maybe it needs some counseling, um, you know, whatever it is for you, I want to encourage you. If God has revealed that to you, get some help, get some prayer. You know, Johannes and I are here for you. If there's anything we can help, please let us know. But don't go, let the season go past and go with those same challenges into the next. Deal with it now. Use this opportunity. Amen. You know, I think there's a lot of irritations that come about when we live in the house nowadays. There's Different things, little habits that we see from each other that can maybe annoy us. Um, but again, use those things to communicate and get closer to one another in this season. Maybe it's time that God is showing you to forgive someone in your family, that maybe you've, you've held on for too long in unforgiveness, bitterness, resentment, And because of that decision to withhold that forgiveness, maybe it's been too painful for you. Maybe it's in your marriage. Maybe it's in your parenting. But the reality is when we hold on to unforgiveness, you know, like Joyce Meyer says, unforgiveness is like drinking poison hoping the other person will die. Okay. What unforgiveness and bitterness and resentment does is it actually poisons you from the inside and it affects our relationships. And so why don't you use this season... And ask the Lord, the Holy Spirit will help you in this. It's, it's a decision that you have to make. Yes, Lord, I will forgive. And you, you just do it. You just forgive that person. And you trust the Lord that he will actually help you and guide you through the pain that that process may bring. Because oftentimes we can't receive a spiritual release without physical obedience. And sometimes that physical obedience of forgiveness, releasing forgiveness speaking forgiveness over that person will bring a spiritual release in our own lives. We've seen many times in counseling when people forgive one another, physical healing actually comes to their bodies. Okay, so if you need healing, ask the Lord, Lord, am I harboring anything in my heart that can maybe bring that spiritual release when I just surrender and I just forgive? Amen. So I know that this this can probably also be a very hard conversation to have. But God's grace, his enabling power is in this season. And I believe there is a unique grace for God to reboot and bring healing and restoration to every one of those areas where we may be finding ourselves in. Amen. So the second point, that was just relationships. The second point, and these ones are going to go, we're going to go through them a little bit quicker. Our second point is, I believe an area that God wants to release his rhythms of grace in is our responsibilities and resources. Our responsibilities and resources. And what I mean by that is your vocation. So I'm mostly referring here to our responsibilities in our jobs, in our businesses, um, you know, whatever it is that you do as a vocation and whatever resources God has entrusted you with. So I believe many of us are feeling overwhelmed like the scripture in Matthew was saying we are feeling tired we are feeling worn out and exhausted but sometimes we feel like that because we've tried all of that in our own strength we haven't allowed Jesus' rhythm of grace to come in into that area and to bring a release in that area where we flow in his holy spirit mojo where we flow in his holy spirit grace in his easiness In His enabling power to do that. Sometimes we stay in this place of working in the flesh. And I believe God's taking us into a season of his supernatural grace. Okay, you've tried your own way. You've tried your own timing. You've tried your own direction. And Jesus is waiting and he's saying, come to me. You who are tired, you who are weary, you've tried everything, you've exhausted yourself. Come to me. Just like uh, Jesus was telling the disciples in Luke 5. There's that story of the miracle catch of fish. And Peter and the disciples were toiling. The Bible says they were toiling all night. This was their occupation. This was their responsibility. And so they were in the flesh. They were trying. They were desperate to bring in the fish for the finance. They were in a place of desperation that they needed this miracle catch of fish. And Jesus said to them on his word, he said, after they've been striving all night, he said, lower your nets deeper still. And Peter said to him, but Lord, we've toiled all night, but on your word, we will do it. And so they did it again, and that's when they caught this miraculous fish. And so Jesus was giving them an opportunity. And so even in this place where we find ourselves, we are tired, we are worried about the backlog of April. You know, what what do we need to recoup after April financially in our work, in our jobs, in our businesses? And Jesus is saying, lower your net deeper still. Allow him an opportunity to speak into your job, to speak into your business, to let him give you godly and supernatural strategies. But in order for us to get to that place, we need to go back to the place of stillness. We need to go back to Jesus being our priority relationship. God wants to reset that. He wants to reset businesses. He wants to reset the strategies, the way that we work from even us in ministry. How do we do church? What are we focused on? What are our priorities when it comes to all of those things? How do we use our time and resources? You know, Jeremiah 17 verse 5 said, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength and whose heart turns away from the Lord. And Zechariah 4 verse 6 says, Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. It's time to reset and reboot even the way we work, the way we go about our vacations. And it's time to bring the Lord in. Get the Lord's counsel. Get the Lord's strategies. Listen, the Bible says there is, there is um, wisdom in many counselors. You know, um, if you have a business and you're in our church, get Your Highness to pray with you. You know, we can pray with you. We can trust the Lord together to give you that wise counsel. Okay? And in the season, I also believe that God wants to break off the fear of man. Okay, Sometimes we we do things and we're so busy in our responsibilities that we have a false set of responsibilities. Sometimes we can not just operate from a place of the flesh in our works, but we can also operate from a place of fear of man. The Bible says that we shouldn't be fearing man, we should only be fearing God. Don't let other people continue to dictate your priorities. You find out from God, Lord, what do I need to do in this season? Is what I'm doing still in your will for my life, for my family, for my business, for my ministry? What is it that the Lord is telling you to do? And allow Him to come in. And I believe He wants to lead us in a rhythm of grace in our work, our studies, our schools, our businesses, our finances. Is God first in your finances? You know, the Bible speaks about bringing the tithe to the storehouse so there may be food in his house and that we can test him in this to see if he will not open the windows of heaven over us and our families. We've got incredible teachings on finances and how God's principle of first brings blessing and brings protection over our finances when we steward our finances according to God's principles. If you need some of that content, let us know. Johannes and I would love to share this with you. We recently went through a lot of that with our volunteers. And I know for a lot of us, it was such new revelation where God was really rebooting and, and giving us a new rhythm, even in our finances, that will bring and release spiritual protection and spiritual blessing over our resources. Guys, we need this in this season more than ever before. Amen. And so I really believe in our responsibilities, in our resources. Let Jesus come and teach you a new rhythm of grace. Find out what His order is. Find out what He wants to do. And then we go from that place. And we trust Him. We watch. It says watch what He's doing. Watch how He did it. And then we did what He did. That's the new rhythm. That's the reset that I believe God wants to do in this season. Amen. Amen. And so as we get to our third and final point, as I'm just going to call Johannes in to join us, he's going to lead us in communion this morning. But my third point is this, something that I really believe that God wants to um, reboot and reset in this next season into his rhythm of grace is our rest. So if you're taking notes, our rest. When we go back to that scripture of Matthew 11, verse 28 to 30, it said that Jesus said, take my yoke upon me. No, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle, meek, and humble, lowly in heart, and you will find rest. That's what we're talking about. Relief, ease, refreshment, recreation, and a blessed quiet for your souls. And so I really believe that Jesus is... um, Speaking about spiritual rest, in other words, that rest that we receive in our minds, in our hearts, in our emotions, in our soul being. Remember, our soul is our mind, our emotions, and our heart. You know, so, so many of us in this season, I believe, have not rested spiritually. You've not yeah. had your mind rested, your heart rested. You are actually in such unrest right now, and I believe that's what Jesus wants us to come. In the uh, Passion Translation, He actually says, I am your oasis. Okay, There's a spiritual refreshment that Jesus wants to give us, that he wants to reboot and reset, that we constantly live in that place of spiritual rest. I believe there's a power if we can get this key, if we can get this thing right. Now Jesus said there that take my yoke upon you. A yoke, as most of us know, um, is what they used, it's a farming piece of equipment that they used in those days to join two animals, usually two oxen. And they would put their necks together, and it was this big wooden type of structure that they would put these two necks together. And the aim for that was that you would usually have an older ox, more experienced, and then you would have someone younger, maybe a little bit more inexperienced. But the idea of the yoke was that the older ox would train the younger one. (laughs) This is working out so well as an illustration. But so, okay, to teach them. So the older one, they would literally work together all day. And the older one would be training the younger one in its ways. And so listen to what Jesus is saying. He's again using a natural example. And he's saying, take my yoke. So in other words, Jesus wants us to connect with him. And he's the one that will show us, that will train us, that will teach us. Don't take the yoke of a spirit of religion. Don't take the yoke of the world, those burdens that sometimes we place it on ourselves or the world place it on us or people's expectations put it on us. This scripture was written in a context, Jesus was speaking in a context where he was actually taking out the religious leaders of the day and he was telling them people are tired, they are worn out because of your religious expectations that you are putting on people. So Jesus is inviting you and me in this season into that spiritual rest. He's saying, take my yoke and put it on you because my yoke is light. Okay, so that's what Jesus is saying to us. He wants us by his side, sharing the load, doing things his way, in his order, in his rhythm. And when we allow him to take that wheel, to take that place of leadership in our lives, in our marriages, our relationships, our responsibilities, our resources, then we will have rest for our souls. Then he can be that oasis for us, no matter what the season, no matter what the crisis, no matter what's going on on the outside world, on the inside, we will walk in peace and we will walk in victory. Amen. And so in closing, just before I um, give over to Johannes for communion, my last thought is this. That's great, Marissa. That's beautiful theory, but how do I do it? How do I do it and I believe Jesus gave us an answer in John 16 and he spoke about the Holy Spirit and he says to his disciples I have to go away so that the helper can come who is the helper the helper is the Holy Spirit he is part of the Trinity he's part of God the Father and the Son and he is the one that will help us the Bible calls him um, the comforter the counselor the helper the advocate the intercessor, the strengthener, and the standby, which makes that close intimacy with Jesus possible. Guys, this word will not make sense to you unless you have the Holy Spirit in you to help you read it, to help you understand it and get revelation, and to help you live it out. And so I just, before we go into communion, this is really important. I want to pray for anyone who's sitting there and maybe you've never received the Holy Spirit. And I know it's a bit strange we're doing this on the internet, but God is omnipresent, okay? The Holy Spirit probably have met you already even before we are spoken or speaking about Him. And so if that is you, I want you to just actually raise your hands in the air. It might feel a little weird, but it's okay. Raise your hands in the air and just open up your whole posture. Remember, physical obedience brings spiritual release. And let's just invite the Holy Spirit to come in. Okay, we as a church believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Okay, Jesus baptizes us with the Holy Spirit, which means we get that power, that enabling power, that grace to fulfill our callings, um, to fulfill the roles that God has given us on this earth. We cannot do it without Him. So if that is you, just raise your hands to heaven this morning and just pray after me. Just say, thank you, Jesus that you love me, that you have not left me helpless in this world and in this crisis. Lord, I am tired. Lord, I need your Holy Spirit. Lord, I need your rhythms of grace. Come and fill me with your precious Holy Spirit. Jesus, I ask that you baptize me now with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your power, give me new tongues, give me spiritual gifts and help me to operate in the realm that you need me to operate in. Thank you for your peace that goes above all understanding. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Over to you.
1: Wow, what a what a great word that was! Thank you, Marissa. I really wow. It touched my heart. I hope it did yours as well. Come
0: on.
1: So, when she talked about the yoke, um, God dropped something in my spirit when it comes to the communion as well. You know, it's it's with the communion. It's also a way that the Lord comes and removes that yoke from you I mean. that heavy yoke and and bring his yoke on you that and that's the one that's 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 light it's not mm-hmm. heavy mm-hmm. it's light you know we, we we sometimes we we do this just because that's what you do in church you know you have the communion it's it's like a it's it's like a, a ritual um that we do but it, it's 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 not a ritual it's more out of a Relationship with God, yeah, you know, yeah. when it, it, when it Jesus had yeah. the communion, he used whatever they had that they on the table um, yeah. for them. We we know it, it m- must be some um, some bread and wine because that's what they yeah. usually had with them. So. It doesn't matter if you have bread or rusks or whatever. If you have wine or juice, yeah. it's not about that. It, it's about it's about what's in your heart, what comes out yeah. of your heart, and how you and how you just open up your heart for, mm-hmm. and to to year back from, from God. To open up your heart and just what, and mm-hmm. just believe whatever He says, whatever He puts in your heart, and just um, believe it. Yeah. So um, let's take the bread, yeah. and um, let's just thank the Lord that you know that every every cell, every organ, every part of your being, just as you eat the bread, becomes mm. becomes fully healed, becomes fully filled with the Holy Spirit. And thank you for that, Lord. And Mm. we believe in that healing that we receive Mm. from you. Let's take the bread. So, when we take the wine among the Jews, then we believe again that what Christ did for us on the cross was the the, the final thing. All our sins mm. have been for, uh, forgiven. We are now a, a part of His His kingdom. Yep. You know, we we now live in that. The world of supernatural healing and preservation and provision. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah.
1: So think about that when you now have the wine. Right together. Mm. Okay. We th- we thank you, Lord, for this awesome day. We thank you, Lord God, just for this great word as well mm. that that we received today through Marissa. And Lord God, what a privilege um, to to be able to come bef- before you, Lord God, to be to come before your throne of grace and, and um, to take the part of the, the, the sacraments, Lord God, the bread and the wine, and, and that this is in rem- remembrance of you and what you did for us on the cross. We thank you, Lord, that, um, for everything um, that you did. We thank you, Lord, for the enormous price you n- n- paid for us on the cross. And we pray, Lord, that that you will open up our hearts and our minds and our understanding that we truly know what you have done for us on the cross. May we never forget the enormous price, Lord God, that you you paid Mm -hmm. on our behalf. May we never forget, Lord, um, that you bought us with a price, the price of the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ christ Mm. and i pray lord for each and every one of us here today that we will live for you lord god and that Mm. we will know that your body was broken and your blood was spilled for us Mm. we thank you lord in jesus name Amen. amen amen
0: awesome thank you husband faster And so church, we pray that that has blessed you this morning. And um, we pray that Jesus will really take all of us into a new rhythm of grace in this next season in the month of May. Mm -hmm. And so we just also want to remind you that we are still continuing with our COVID-19 response relief. Mm -hmm. And so there's two projects. You can have a look on our Facebook page. One is the food parcels that we work with the Vintage Life Change Center. There's still many families in need. There's still um, a huge need for um, families to have food put on the table. And so we want to continue being a blessing to them. And then there's also the project for our frontline workers. So you can have a look at that. And um, hey, if you need prayer today or during the week, let us know. This little chat function will still stay open um, for a few minutes after the service. So just write a comment or click on the thingy that says request. Um, prayer and then one of us will be there to just pray with you. Um, So we pray that that's blessed you. Have a wonderful week. We love you lots and we'll see you next week.